Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is October 17, 2023. It's been 3,521 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 236 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast covers the events that happened yesterday, which marked the 600th day of Ukraine defending the rest of free Europe. During today's podcast, you can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed, and there is a link in the podcast description. There are updates. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, operational commands north, south and east of Ukraine, open-source intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mail bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth. Because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. There are no changes from yesterday, so if you skip to the next section, it won't hurt my feelings. Because I won't even know. The soft response by Ukraine's allies after Russian aggression on Ukraine's border will eventually lead to a significant incident that could result in military intervention. The Ukrainian summer fall counteroffensive is likely reaching its culmination point due to a number of factors, even though Ukraine still maintains significant combat potential and is maintaining the initiative in the Bakhmut and Zaporizhia regions. The Russian Federation has launched multiple large-scale attacks in an attempt to force Ukraine to utilize its reserve forces and accelerate the consumption of ammunition, with United States military aid remaining in limbo. While Russia has taken the initiative in three areas of operation AO, the poorly executed offensives have caused catastrophic Russian losses. The new Russian offensive has exposed the degradation of their artillery capabilities due to a shortage of replacement barrels, a lack of powder charges, and the reluctance to use full charges for maximum range to preserve the lifespan of existing barrels. The removal of the United States Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, has put future Ukrainian military operations at risk. We further assess that the abrupt ending of U.S. military aid will be catastrophic if a resolution is not reached within the next 9 to 16 days. At the time of recording, Congressman Jim Jordan did not have enough votes to secure the speakership. Western partners are not meeting their promised military training, including for F-16 pilots, heavy equipment and ammunition delivery dates, and these continued delays are negatively impacting Ukraine's military capabilities. The Kremlin continues to use the Israel-Hamas war as a distraction in the information space to fracture support for Ukraine further and has engaged in large-scale disinformation campaigns. 
We maintain that Russia is stockpiling missiles for large-scale attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure as the weather continues to degrade, and the activity to destroy Ukraine's electrical system has started. Finally, while the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. Once again, today's action report starts in Kharkiv. In the Kupiansk operational area, AO, the situation remains challenging for Ukrainian forces, with Russian troops using human wave attacks between artillery barrages. North of Kupiansk, mutual fighting continued near Sinkivka. Ukrainian forces made additional incremental gains at Leman Pershy, reaching the southwest corner of the settlement. East of Kupiansk, fighting continued east of Ivanivka and near Orlyanske. A prominent Russian mill blogger claimed that Russian troops made incremental gains near Ivanivka without evidence. Moving on to the situation in the Donbass, we start in Luhansk. In the Svatova AO, Russian attacks continued near Makiivka. But heavier fighting shifted further north into the areas of Nadia and Novoyehorivka. West of Kremina, the Russian Ministry of Defense, Armod, claimed Ukrainian forces were on the offensive in the area of Dubrova. The general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine, GSAFU, reported that there were successful missile strikes on the Russian helicopter base near the occupied city of Luhansk. Through social media, local residents were reporting the sounds of explosions. The next satellite pass is on October the 19th. So, keep those fingers crossed. There aren't any tactical operational security clouds. In northeastern Donetsk, mutual fighting was reported in the Klishchivka AO, east of Klishchivka and Andreevka. There was no change in the situation. Intense fighting continued in the southwestern Donetsk, but there was a twist. In the Avdiivka AO, the total number of Russian attacks and the number of troops involved is declining, as is the number of artillery strikes. Armod didn't mention Avdiivka in its morning report, nor did the telegram channel of the People's Militia of the so-called Donetsk People's Republic or illegitimate governor Denis Pushilin. It must be that active defense offensive. Russian forces continued their attempts to push from the approaches of the Krasnohorivka plateau toward Keramik and Stepove, suffered heavy losses and then retreated to their established defensive positions. Several videos appeared from Russian troops in Krasnohorivka, showing the Terrakin in the distance, indicating that attacks in that direction have broken off. Over the last week, Russian forces made incremental gains near Kashtanova and made tactical gains northwest of Mineralne and north of Spartak in the direction of Avdiivka, where fighting continued. Russian forces have also made tactical gains north and west of Vodyane, equal to their deepest advance in the last 12 months. Russian advances in the direction of Tonenke were unsuccessful, and near Severne, Russian forces ended their attempts to advance in the direction of Lastochkine. Quick assessment. Only a handful of Russian mill bloggers are still discussing the situation in the Avdiivka AO, so Ukrainian sources are largely controlling the information space. 
We are already reviewing social intelligence that Russian forces have been pushed back from their gains north of Vodene, which wouldn't be surprising. Neither combatant has been capable of holding this region due to the unfavorable terrain. In the Marinka AO, Russian troops supported by the Russian Aerospace Forces, VKS, continued their attacks in Marinka without success. In the Staromlinivka AO, GSAFU reported that Russian forces launched a counteroffensive near Priyutne, which was also unsuccessful. Continuing along the line of conflict, here is today's update for Zaporizhia. Brigadier General Oleksandr Tarnavsky, commander of the Operational Strategic Group of Troops Tavria, reported that Ukrainian forces carried out 1,321 fire missions. The VKS carried out 35 airstrikes. South of Urihiv, Ukrainian forces were on the offensive west of Verbove, and Russian forces continued counterattacks west of Robotene. Despite the brevity of the report, fighting remains intense. The Russian helicopter based in occupied Berdyansk was hit by missiles with multiple explosions and ammunition cooking off for over two hours, according to local reports. A video showed that local air defense were active. NASA Fire Information for Resource Management Systems, or firms, showed three heat signatures at the airfield, supporting Russian and Ukrainian claims. Russian mail blogger Fighter Bomber wrote, quote, one of the most serious strikes of all time in the special military operation if not the most serious. There are losses in both people and equipment. Unquote. On the Russian front, in the Smolensk region, partisans sabotaged a railroad relay box, causing delays. On the Safonova-Milohova line, two relays that control traffic lights were discovered to be on fire. The damage is still being assessed. Before I talk about theater-wide events, a quick footnote. We are covering the Israel-Hamas war and have started situation reports available through our Patreon. $5 a month gets you in-depth information about the Russia-Ukraine and Israel-Hamas war. There is a link in the podcast description. And now on to theater-wide events. Russia launched six Shahid-136 kamikaze drones and one KH-59 guided missile toward Ukraine, with their defense shooting down all targets. Thank you for listening. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.